This episode of Nintendo Podblock is brought to you by, well, you. If you want to learn how to support our Fennial podcast, head over to patreon.com slash bossrushmedia or search for us on the Patreon app on your smart device. Thanks for helping us build something better. Everybody, welcome to Nintendo Power Block here on Watch Rush Games. I'm your host, the Enlightened Excited Eddie B. Joining me, someone, the only Bossman himself, Mr. Curry Derek. Hello, Ed. How are you? I'm doing fine. You're kind of low key. I know. am. I, don't, I still don't feel very good, but it's fine. You know, I mean, how many days are we into this year already? 15, and I haven't felt good like 47 of them, so. Oh, no. You know. But you still sound good. You, you sound good, relaxed, smooth. Well, that's because that's... I'm all drugged up and ready to go. <laughs> yeah. That's the best way to do things. I got that, I got that Mucinex and that ibuprofen that, you know, and then way before I go to bed, I might take a, and a leave because. I have this weird hip pain now for some reason that just developed today. So, <laughs> oh no, I don't Pleasures know. Pleasures of getting older. I, Maybe I don't it's know. I, I woke up this morning and I stood up and I felt like I couldn't stand straight up because my hip hurt. So I'm like, oh great, neat. Oh yeah. And this is after my back already hurts. My lower back already hurts too. It's gonna <sighs> rain tomorrow. It. Oh gosh. I, <laughs> it's no. It's snowing here. I don't know. Oh. You live where it's warm, so. Yeah. So I guess more snow for you. <laughs> well, we have the talented TikToker herself, Miss Cordy Yikes. Hello, hello, gamers. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Tonight or today? Oh, can or I yesterday? Can I tell you? So Wednesday, I got my booster shot. Ooh, and uh, I was fine getting it because I was just like, okay, I, by the time it kicks in on the Thursday, I'll be able to go home, steep it off. Be ready for you know, nope, uh, for things to come. Get a phone call. No, get a yeah. Got a phone call while I'm at work, uh, Wednesday, and get the call and says, um, I'm not no Thursday. I'm not gonna be able to make it to work because I can't walk. This is another manager. So. I have a booster shot inside of me that kicks in at two o'clock and it makes me literally sleepy. My back is hurting. <laughs> I'm I'm I had I brought two monsters. I have coffee and I'm still struggling. I was mm -hmm. a mess Thursday. I had to text Corey that I'm like, dude, I gotta be I'm stuck at work. Because my plan was to get off of work. Get ready for a rehearsal, and by the time I got done with rehearsal and got home, I'd be ready to do power block. Yeah. Um, I mean, a, a special pass. Nope, she it literally ruined my whole day. So then, um, with that, I got home. We have a comfy couch in our living room. I didn't even cut the lights on, didn't even take my coat off. Bought a massager uh, to massage my back because it was hurting. Got on the couch and fell literally asleep. 
with my work stuff on. When I woke up, it was 12.30 and I was still tired. Drunk a sun kiss, orange, went back on the couch and fell asleep to <laughs> 2 o'clock in the morning. And then, for, then got up and climbed on my bed and slept to like 10 something. It felt, felt a little bit better. And and once like the booster kind of affects like we're off or something, I'm ready to go through all somebody's buffet because I was hungry as ever. <laughs> I, I I literally ran through some Chipotle um, at work Friday. Ooh, we um, had Chipotle this weekend. Oh, nice. Yes. I had a burrito bowl. I, I always get a burrito bowl. Maxed it. It was gone. <laughs> Dude, I got to tell you, Chipotle, I got, so I got a burrito this weekend. I know we're kind of doing Snack Tendo early, but it's fine. Uh, I got, dude, I got a burrito yesterday. Uh-huh. And the last couple times I've gone there, like the hot salsa has been too hot for me. Yeah. Which is also worrisome for my taste palate, but it's fine. Um, so I got the green, the green salsa, which is like the medium salsa. Yes. Mm. I got, I got the steak and some corn and some, you know, veggies and whatever. Oh my gosh, dude. It was like the best burrito I've ever had. I got extra cheese on that thing. Oh, I love, so I'm not, I, I tried to like sour cream for a while and I just don't. Mm. Right. So I just, uh, I get extra cheese instead of sour cream now. And man, does that extra cheese make all the difference? It's so good. <laughs> I love a good Chipotle burrito, man. Oh, the yeah. thing is, is like our, our Chipotle has been so hit or miss for like the last couple years. Yeah. But they're finally they're finally on the upswing, you know. So, anyways, that was yeah. my Chipotle story. I had a uh, bargain bacon sandwich from Denny's. With seasoned fries, I I brought me and my associate, um, Denny's Sunday, because I had to stay there the whole day for work. No, no, no. You never no, buy me Denny's. No. <laughs> yeah, me neither. <laughs> what, what query? I didn't know. I don't, do you even have a Denny's in your area? I don't even know where the to Denny's. Query, <laughs> uh, do you you know where Denny's is at <laughs> in your state? Uh, on a, yeah, it's like five minutes away from me. Oh, oh, cool. Yeah, everything's really close. So, <laughs> I mean, I know I know where there are Denny's, but mm-hmm. there's not one like super close to me. So, yeah, uh, there's one that's the that's a 15 minute drive for me. Um, from work wise, it's about seven. It's like right where our Penn Express is at in our Chili's. Yes, so. So and then across the street from that is a Walmart. <laughs> uh, so uh, and I forgot to go to the uh, grocery store. I, I may have to go to the grocery store um, tomorrow or uh, Tuesday and see if they got that uh, cherry lime, um, uh, cherry lime made sun kiss because our Seven Up guy didn't come in, and I want some more of that. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's so good. Um, and then I tried Starry, which is, get this, because Pepsi stopped making Sierra Miss. Really? Starry, yes, yeah, Starry is replacing it. It's their citrus lemon lime drink now um, with it. Uh, when I got Pizza Hut Saturday, get, get on me later about that, everybody. And I ordered it to see if they had it. And the guy there didn't even know that it was... Uh, 
he's like, I never heard a story. I'm like, well, this is the thing about it. Your story is the new Sierra Mist because they stopped making it. And he's like, I didn't even know that. And I just found that out because our Pepsi rep came in and had it. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, starry. I'm like, I just drunk this like, like on on this, like at the work at where I get some sushi and stuff. I'm like, I didn't know that you guys made this. He's like, yeah, it replaced Sierra Mist. I'm like, wow, nice. <laughs> so uh, that's been my snack, Tendo. Cordy, uh, what's your snack, Tendo? Mine. Oh, I went to Outback today. It was pretty bomb. Had a. Um... Did you get a blooming onion? I uh, know I didn't. I oh think man, too spicy. why not? They're just too spicy. Get, no, no. I don't like them. I want to. I want to, uh, dude. If there's one thing, so I don't really. We don't really <laughs> go out to eat like ever anymore. But man, a good blooming onion. Oh, yeah. Get it. I get. I. I would get it with extra seasoning, extra crispy, and extra sauce. Oh man. Ooh, oh no. Man, that sounds so good. That sounds so good right now. You know what? <laughs> I've I've never had Outback. Oh, it's not. Good. It's not. No, I was gonna say it's not great, but their blooming onions amazing. But I don't know. I'm not a big. I I'm not a big steak red meat person, though. To be fair. So, yeah. I used to get the Alice Springs chicken, which was just like this cheese and bacon covered chicken. Mm-hmm. That's what I would get, or like the shrimp. Oh, they have some bomb fried shrimp. Yeah, the though. shrimp was pretty good. I would try it there. I would try the shrimp. Um, I know when it comes to steak, I have to have A1. I'm sorry. Like, if you don't have A1, I, t- I'm i putting my steak Sounds to go. Sounds to me you don't like steak, Ed. Oh, I, I love steak. I, look, I love some good steak. I, I got the uh, the new steak one that was at uh, Chipotle, um, which is yeah, fine. That's not real it's steak, okay. though. Yeah. But like I mean, a it steak, is, but it's, it's not. But like a steak steak, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I need that A1. Or I'm putting your food in the box to go. Um, and then I'm going to the grocery store to get some, some A1, and then I'm eating it at home. Part of me <laughs> thought you were going to say ketchup for a minute. Oh, no. Ketchup? Ugh. On steak? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, dude, people do that. that when I used to is... work at the restaurant, people used to ask for ketchup with their steak all the time. They also steak. Some people also ask for peanut butter on their hamburgers, too, so. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's it's a it's a acquired taste. It's kind of one of their rare foods and stuff with the peanut butter on. I had peanut butter on the uh, hamburger because I thought it was interesting. I'm like, peanut butter, the peanut butter and jelly burger. I'm like, what the heck is this? We also okay. used to get people come in and get uh, get fried egg on their hamburgers too. Oh yeah. Yes, I am one of those I, people. Fried I, egg is so good. What is what is what is about Ooh, it? Because I just, think if you don't like dry burgers, then yeah, put the fried egg on it. It like it like it makes it extra juicy. Mm-hmm. I think like it's because I think That's it's because of BLT. I think it's because of the BLT. Because my mom she puts a fried egg on a, in her BLTs with the mayonnaise yeah, and too. stuff. Like, yeah, well, that's because egg goes on everything. Oh, it does. Let, me, just let that... me tell you. Speaking of, speaking of egg on everything. So my my wife bought croissants from the store, which she rarely does. But she bought like the big pack because we've both been sick, and she's been eating it with soup. Mm. And I've been eating it for breakfast. Man, I so I got I got some turkey sausage. You know, Ooh. cook that up. Get that get that those eggs going 
right? And kept the mm-hmm. croissant open, put the eggs and the sausage and just a little sprinkle of cheese on there. I'm not like a, I'm not a sliced cheese person, but I do like a little bit of the sprinkled cheese. I think it's because I can control how much I put on. Yeah. And like, weird, weird fact, even though I just said I put extra cheese on my burrito, I'm not a huge cheese person. Really? Yeah. So like, like if I have a hamburger, I don't put cheese on it. I don't like cheese on my hamburger. I just like mayonnaise, mayonnaise, mustard, and like. To get a little fancy, I'll put some sautéed onions on there. But like, so there's a level of dairy that you like. Yeah, I mean, say. yeah, but like, you know, you put a little bit of like sprinkled cheese on there is what we call mm-hmm. it. Oh, so good. I thought, I think, I thought you would say you put some like chorizo sauce or something, like something spicy. Oh. No. <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm. When it comes to breakfast food, I'm just a salt and pepper guy. Ah, you just okay. put salt and pepper on the eggs and. You know, good to go. You know? Normally, we would do our uh, pepper inside the yolk and cook it for scrambled eggs that we do it, and then add mm. the salt like at the end. Um, mm-hmm. Courtney, I feel, I'm going to try that the fried egg on a burger. Oh, you um, should. And everything because I, and then add avocado to it. See, that's a weird thing with avocado. I could do avocado for sushi. I can't mm-hmm. do... Because uh, <clears throat> I, if I get a taste for avocado, I won't rock with chips. Oh, true. But I would try it. I would, I would try it. You should. Burger, yeah. fried egg, avocado. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm. Corey, Man, any suggestions? Food. Breakfast food is the best. Can we just kind of put that out there? You got you got the bacon, you got the turkey sausage out there. Which, by the way, I read something the other day. So I've been eating turkey sausage for like years because mm-hmm. I've always been told that turkey sausage is healthier than pork sausage. And to me, like now, I've eaten it for so long that I think it actually tastes better than that. But the other day, I was doing some research because, like. My goal this year is to lose weight, and I'm trying to figure out, you know, the best combination of, like, food and, like, light workouts and stuff based on time. And as it turns out, turkey sausage, aside from the fact that pork is, you know, is bad for your heart in some cases, is no better for you than pork sausage. But turkey sausage is so good, though. I know. It is good. <laughs> like I, I prefer like any kind of sausage. I prefer turkey sausage. I do too, and it just made me upset that like, aside from, you know, the the bit the the bad parts about pork in general, mm-hmm. that turkey sausage, on just like a nutritional level, is no better for you. It made me sad, but it's okay. I'm going to continue to eat it because it's delicious. Are you a patty or a link guy? Patty. Uh, link. Yeah, I'm a link guy too, but what I usually do is like I'll cut the links in half mm-hmm. and lay them flat. So I guess technically a patty. I guess that would technically be a patty person. If but. so, a patty I have to do with grits and a biscuit. You lost like, me. I'm a. My mom, my mom and my dad's family is from the South, Mississippi, Memphis. Yeah, I have See, had. I'm, 
I'm a pale white person from rural Ohio. Grits mm-hmm. don't. Mm-mm. See, nope. I I grew up in the Midwest with grits with my mom cooking. It's a big sudden thing every time I went to Mississippi to go see my uh, great grandma, and she would cook uh, sausage, but it'd be the patty ones. She would cook. Mm-hmm. And she had, of course, homemade biscuits with the butter. And the grits, the grits that they made taste different than where we where we did in the Midwest. And for some unknown reason, all of that combined together, even with some bacon. Some bacon is good, too, adding on to it. I used to eat the sausage with the grits. Um, and that's how I, I would eat patties and everything. Because that butter and uh, salt and black pepper and the grits went very well with the sausage so i would just eat that up and then at times when i'm trying to get the last pieces sopped all of that up with the biscuit and ate it like that Mm. you know what else is good speaking of sausage sausage gravy oh yeah with some biscuits Mm. actually you know what sausage gravy is really good on or waffles and i know people like when i say that people look at me strange but like, man, you get you get a good batch of sausage gravy, and you have these big Belgian waffles, and you just mm-hmm. lay it over the waffles. Oh, it's so see, good! It's better than a biscuit. Although I will not turn down biscuits and gravy. See, sausage gravy, my mom does with mashed potatoes or with rice. She never she never makes it for breakfast. Oh man, dude, you're missing out. Sausage gravy with biscuits is so good. So. Where everybody you get, gonna be. <laughs> you, you, no, you can go to the store and get like the Bob Evans microwavable cups of sausage gravy. Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. You got to poke holes in the, the lid, though, or else it'll be like, <laughs> you know, ah. <laughs> be a fire. Well, everybody, I think that that's it for Snack 10. <laughs> yeah. It uh, came and it went. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm already about to hit Dunkin' Donuts tomorrow for that sweet pe- uh, sweet pepper uh, bacon on the croissant. Oh, so good. Man, I'm, getting I'm, so the, excited. In- I'm so excited to wake up for breakfast now that we just talked about all that. <laughs> well, you're going to be slightly disappointed you don't have Belgian waffles and sausage gravy. No, but I have turkey sausage and eggs and croissants, so we're good. Oh. Yes. If you want to be a Patreon producer, head on over to Patreon, patreon.com slash Media, and find out which tier is right for you. Our Patreon producers at the $5 tier or higher for this month are Adriel Munger, Austin Campbell, Celeste Roberts, Christian S., Sana Dierig, Francisco Santillan, and Rebecca Jewell. Thank you for your continued support. It's time for Play With Power! Woo! Uh, Woo. Who wants to go first? Me, because it's short. Okay, Corey. Why so, you play with power? I played some Disney Dream My Valley. Hey. And uh, building my town. Super cool. Loving, loving my town. You know? And then uh, I played some... Destiny 2. Uh, Iron Banner was last week, so I was grinding for that uh, awesome armor set. And then uh, I played a little bit of Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes. 
uh, I don't, I, I just need to finish the game. It wasn't anything out of, you know, in particular. Um, although Link's Awakening is sitting there staring me in the face. So, <laughs> but I'm off tomorrow. Woo. And I have no shows to record until Wednesday, which, by the way, obviously this comes out on Wednesday. We record on Sunday. Right. But I think I'm going to try to beat Link's Awakening before um, Wednesday. Nice. Nice. Uh, well, Cordy, I'm going to go next because mine's is uh, kind of short soon. Um, okay. been playing, uh, getting, I just got out of Midgar for Final Fantasy VII. Uh, I think where I'm at, I'm, I think I'm about to get close to uh, starting this too. Um, uh, with it. Um, well, Final Fantasy VII, really been enjoying that. Um, Vampire Survivor, I've been unlocking more stages and more uh, characters. Uh, Corey, Corey, do you got something to say? Oh, I was just I, I was just going to say Vampire Survivors is awesome. That game is so addicting that I have to like tell myself, okay, you're only playing three rounds tonight. Oh, man, it's so good. I played some of that too, but like, I don't really know what else to say about that game except for like, it's good. It, it needs to be on Switch, like it, it, dude. If that game doesn't come to Switch, they're missing. Oh yeah, dude. Like, they're gonna make. They're gonna sell like ten million copies on Switch easily if that game comes to Switch. Five bucks a piece. Like the game's only five bucks. It's not yeah. bad. Oh, Cordy, you should try it. It's it's a big PC game too. It's also on mobile. Is it? Mm-hmm. Mm. It's also on Game Pass, but yeah, and which are is you where really... I'm playing it, but. All you literally do is just move the, uh, your character in a lostic. That's all you really do. Yeah, it is. it's nice. It's called an auto. What's it? What's it? What's it? What it, the 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 acronym spells out a s s auto shooting survival game is what it's called. So like, all you do is move around, and you auto attack, right? Like, mm-hmm. so the guy I usually pick is like this guy with a whip, and he'll whip anybody that's around him like every i would say like every two seconds or every three seconds or something and then as you kill so many guys a little meter at the top of the screen fills up and every time that meter fills up you collect these blue gems and every time that meter fills up when you collect these blue gems you get to add another attack to your arsenal or like a defensive type thing yeah so like i'll end up with like two whips and throwing axes and like this big kind of poison defensive shield around me that like attacks enemies if they get too close to me holy water magic (laughs) wands a floating bible that floats around me like that's cool yeah and you all you do is walk around and like try to kill people and try not to die yeah it's so addicting and it and the thing is is like it's eight it's like an eight bit game so it looks like it looks like an nes game Mm -hmm. yeah but like it's so good. So your goal is to get to thirty minutes per level, uh, and then death comes in and kills you. Oh uh, wow! But that means that you beat the level. You know, uh, dude, I've been hitting like a hundred two. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> and everything, yeah. Like so, it gets to a point where you'll get like six weapons, six defensive, or um, uh, um other things to help you like it's like more experience points uh 
more survival kind of survival tactics and you just go around and different enemies will just um get you and stuff and you you on xbox you know you um with the achievement system you just unlock stuff and everything and of course it's going to feel like you're not powerful enough but it has a shop so the coins that you are rewarded for treasure chests that you find and everything you go in and buy stuff and it helps you survive a little bit longer and the more you do that the more you'll be able to uh, be stable to get to that 30 minutes and then you also um, add more characters um, so because there's a character that throws out black magic cats that's awesome (laughs) so uh, it's kind of a play on Castlevania uh, but it's, it's really good you can spend a good like 15 to 20 minutes just playing it or even yeah. like an hour or something uh, trying to unlock stuff but it, it's so it, it really is fun and everything um, yeah I'll definitely have to try that it sounds like fun and you yeah. guys should too if you haven't yet yes um, last but not least I just installed uh, Detroit Become Humans for our Talk the Walk so I'm yes. going to be starting that and get and um, I'm restarting it because I'm ha- I was like halfway done with it, but I'm restarting it from the beginning and gonna go through through everything for our discussion. Cause what I mean, is I that recording, it. by the way? It is the twenty second. So this Sunday, yeah. You have a, uh, you have a uh, some you got some work to do. Yeah, because have uh, like a whole week. Yeah, I will. I I I had to prepare for uh our our project for Reckon Nintendo, which is was a really good discussion. Um which I gotta edit and send to you, Corey, for the final touches. Um we'll talk about it after the show. <laughs> well, because I did something naughty and got in trouble, but it wasn't my fault on why the naughtiness happened. Hmm. So, um hmm. Hmm. That's I, arguable. I, I I hope this person still loves me. <laughs> Depending on, do I need to go in the bungee store? <laughs> oh my god! Do I need to go to the bungee store and find out uh, what this thing, <laughs> what this person need, uh, mm. so that this person? No, don't go on the bungee store. The bungee store takes like six months to a year to ship. You should just oh. go on Amazon and get it. It takes two days. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't get me started on the bungee store. Don't. Just... Uh, okay. So, well, uh, here to distract you, the game I've been playing is Super Mario Run on uh, iOS and like the phones. I didn't even know they had a game like that. So my uh, a friend of mine's brother play it, and I was like, "What is that? That is you're not playing on the Switch." And he's like, "Oh, I'm playing Super Mario on my iPad." I was like, Ugh, "They have that." So I've been like grinding on that so hard. I love that game so much. Oh, I have my nice. own little kingdom. I think I have two more characters I have to unlock. It's fun. Yeah. I, for- it's so I forgot fun. about Super Mario Run. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, it was yeah. one of the. It was one of the. Uh, the first was, Nintendo thing. It was the second. It was their second app that they released because mm. the first one was uh, Mitomo, which was like their social media network type thing that they tried to do, and then. Super Mario Run, like the first level was free, but then you could pay ten bucks and unlock the whole game. And it was like this yeah. big part of their mobile initiative that like ninety percent of it is shut down now, except for I think 
Fire Emblem and uh, Animal Kart. Crossing. And oh yeah, and Mario Kart. Oh, it was a big thing. Uh, it was a the, huge deal because uh, Miyamoto came up uh, when Apple was doing their presentation. Uh-huh. Miyamoto came out to it saying that they're bringing yeah. that game to Apple because it was only on uh, iPhones. Yeah. And when that happened, it literally broke the internet because they didn't expect that this company who was big in handheld. Well, we we knew. Well, we knew Nintendo okay. was we knew Nintendo was moving into the mobile space in some capacity, right? Yeah. But we didn't know the Mario game was that soon, and the fact that that Nintendo, because Nintendo is so proud of themselves, right? They, they, yeah. They're just a proud company. The fact that they came out at somebody else's conference to put their game on somebody else's platform was like, and you know, not knowing it was that close was such a big deal. I remember talking about that when Pal Block first started, man. I felt like was... I was sleeping on a rock because I had no idea till like last week about the game. Yeah. I mean, I, it's, I mean, nobody cares about it now, but I, I mean, because I mean, I think after the switch was released, nobody cared about any of Nintendo's mobile games, but uh, at that time, Nintendo was not doing very well because the 3DS was underperforming, even though it ended up selling 70 million units. The Wii U obviously underperformed. People were debating on whether or not if the Switch was a, if the Switch failed, like would Nintendo go third party and be on everybody else's platform? And this was like that step of like maybe they will at some point because they yeah. they initially said that they were going to do a three pillar strategy of 3ds switch and mobile yeah and for the most part like i would say aside from from uh the three games that are left i would say nintendo's mobile strategy was not very it didn't do very well for them no uh because dragalia lost was that rpg that they put out which yeah. supposedly was pretty good, but obviously didn't sell enough uh, microtransactions to keep going because they shut it down. What else? What else did they shut down? Doctor well, Mario, they shut Dr. down. Mario, Mitomo, uh, they shut down. Down. I think it's just those three because Fire Emblem Heroes. Yeah, Fire was, Emblem is like a huge money maker, it, but it, it, it also became like a. It also became like a Genshin Impact thing where like, oh well, now you get to see, Celica in a summer bikini and you know like one of those things and it was like Ugh. yeah and and that was the thing with dragadia lost that it had its players but because fire emblem heroes was making them so much money it was that was big yeah fire emblem fire emblem is huge like that that game was great too and i think it's still going it is going it's still going okay. but like the thing is is that the campaign you could play through the whole campaign without ever spending a dime yeah which was cool but then like you know it, it came to a point where uh the dlc that started coming out and then obviously the card packs the gotcha card pack thing and then it just became what it is now right but that the first like six months of that game being out was like playing a real video game on your phone <laughs> really dude just to talk about the financial reporting that thing was making money week as a week yeah i mean it's still nintendo's highest most profitable mobile game that's that literally is insane what was it called what was the mobile game called heroes right? yeah fire fire emblem heroes uh let's see 
income. Uh, yeah, that game made seventy-seven million dollars last year. That's insane. And that's a it was released in February two thousand seventeen, and last year its fifth year on the market made seventy-seven point nine nine million U.S. dollars. So. That should tell you everything you need to know about Fire Emblem Heroes. <laughs> right. And if you don't think literally if you don't think that Nintendo took part of that revenue put it in the bank, <laughs> they did. I Nintendo. mean all that that money at this point is like pure profit, except for what you're paying your artists. Right? I mean Yeah. I I don't know. That game is that game was wonderful when I played it. Then it got weird. <laughs> but it was wonderful. <laughs> And I and I kind of I think I think with that you know they really haven't dived into any mobile games uh, in a long time like Pokemon mm-hmm. Go, um, but that's like the Pokemon company. That's kind of been like the last one, well besides Mario Kart Live or Mario yeah. Kart Tour, like they haven't did anything because like even Animal Crossing Pocket was supposed to be a big thing, but I think because of the pandemic, Animal Crossing New Horizon just destroyed well, Animal Crossing Pocket in the sense. Remember, po- Pocket Camp was supposed to tie into New Horizons at some point, yeah. and it never did. Never did. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, I mean, Pocket Camp, whatever, it's just a mobile game. But then, obviously, obviously when New Horizons came out, that game became the Animal Crossing, and nobody wanted to play anything else, so. Yeah, it was either that or Among Us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, before we get into family news, everybody, I actually got to show you guys this, because I didn't get a chance. This is, is the, that the Sephiroth, Sephiroth Amiibo? Yep. And the uh, Kazuya from nice. Tekken. Nice. Um, was able to snatch these up at Target Friday. Um, after work, no, I snatched them at Target before I went to work uh, Friday, mm. uh, and was happy that Target actually had them out, and I was able to get them. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, I still buy Amiibos, and I I love when I get Amiibos. And I would love. I want. I wish Tears of the Kingdom would have new Amiibo. That's something uh, else we didn't mention in our pre-show chat, and what they could show off at the uh, at the the direct. direct. The next direct is new amiibo for Tears of the Kingdom, which I, I don't think they're going to. Mm-hmm. I think they're just going to say, "Hey, we're re-releasing these amiibo, and it's going to be the Breath of the Wild ones and the 30th anniversary ones, and they're going to call it a day." Yeah, I I will put it on the notes because there's got to be one new amiibo. There's got to be a yeah, champion or somebody. I would I would love them to release new amiibo for that game, but they're not going to. Something that... I think, I think the amiibo usefulness of amiibo is over. I think they got really they hit that toys to life thing at the right time, mm-hmm. and outside of finishing this Smash Brothers line, yeah, I think when whenever this is done, I think you're gonna see amiibo go away, go away, because mm-hmm. I because I mean you think of all the games that are out after Breath of the Wild. I mean, I guess we got new Splatoon ones, so maybe we'll see a couple yeah. new ones. But, like, you look at, I mean, you look at all these games, like Animal Crossing still uses the Fe- Amiibo Festival stuff from the Wii U, right? And, yeah. uh, like, 
all the Mario stuff that's come out since Odyssey uses the Mario Odyssey and the Super Mario Brothers set, which I would I would like a full set of the Mario Brothers set, but I they're so expensive now. I just don't have the. I would rather buy games and you know live. Um, <laughs> and then you know, and that now like the Zelda ones, like Age of Calamity would have been a perfect one also to have new Amiibo for, and they, they just use the Breath of the Wild ones. Like I would have loved to have like a young Impa one, and you mm-hmm. know, it's it just I think the Amiibos are done. Yeah, well, we'll see if they. Although Disney's trying to get back in the Toys of Life thing, did you see that? Did I show you that? No. For their mobile, the Mirrorverse mobile game. No, they're making they're making they're making toys for the characters, and every toy comes with a four or a five star card of that character. Nice. That you can implement a QR code into the Mirrorverse game. Is it is it just cars or is it the actual figures? They're figures. They're like six inch figures. Dude, the, I'm gonna have to see. I'm gonna have to look at this, man. I gotta tell you, man, the Belle character in that game looks so good. She, she's like a mage character in that game. Uh-huh. She's like her her character. I said her figure looks so good that could have come out real wrong, but like the toy and like just man, they're doing some good things with that game. I wish it was on console. I I will say this: I am actually guilty. I will buy one, but I only will buy Tigger. Like, I want to take not in it, though. So, (laughs) there's like 25 characters in the game right now, but it's like Sorcerer Mickey, Donald, Belle, Baloo from Tailspin, a bunch of Monsters Inc. characters. A bunch of Monsters Inc. characters, a bunch of villains. Baymax isn't. They just released Baymax uh, from Big Hero 6. So, there's a lot going on in that game, but it's on mobile, so I won't play it. Refuse. Well, everybody. Refuse. Everybody, it's time for Femi News. Corey, take it away. Oh, yeah, that's my section. Um, So uh, our first story is about Super Nintendo World, uh, the theme park land that is opening in Universal Studios Hollywood in February. It's also coming to Universal Studios Orlando in the next two or three years. Uh, So, Super Nintendo World is officially in the technical rehearsals phase as it has entered their soft opening in Universal Studios Hollywood. The theme park land has has been highly anticipated by many of video game fans as as it will finally bring the Mushroom Kingdom to life with rides, attractions, restaurants, and interactive areas like Mario Kart, Bowser's Challenge, Toadstool Cafe, 1UP Factory, and characters like Mario, Luigi, and Princess Peach, and more. Not everything will be open during this period, but it looks like the themed land is on track to open in February 2023. Now, I'm going to get my piece out of the way because I'm sure other people are way more excited for this. I, For some reason, I just could, I couldn't care less about this. Like at all, as somebody who loves like Disney World and stuff like that, like mm-hmm. this place looks so claustrophobic and so just they crammed everything into this tiny little space that it looks so unappealing to me. And to me, like you look at something like this and then you look at the other stuff at Universal 
and it just it just reminds me of how why why Disney is superior to Universal in terms of theming, in terms of layout, in terms of spacing, right? Like, mm-hmm. I know a lot of people are going to be really excited for this, and maybe someday I'll go just because I'll probably feel obligated to go whenever I go to Universal at some point. But this just looks it just it feels really claustrophobic and unappealing to me and i know that's an an unpopular opinion especially for a nintendo podcast but it's a little well i haven't seen the pictures of it or anything oh you Um, should go on nintendo life they have a whole bunch i am a six flags kind of guy um because i love roller coasters it's definitely not six Uh, flags (laughs) well true um and I know, Corey, me and you had this discussion about, uh, like, Disney, Universal, Nintendo stuff. Um, when it comes to theme parks like that, uh, it, I'm cool with it. I, I enjoy it. I would love to go there for the experience. But I'm so much into, as a kid, growing up on roller coasters and seeing that design and getting that feel and that thrill of it. That I think this for me could sit on a back burner, so I'm ready to go experience it mm-hmm. and everything. Because I, 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 this is something that I want to experience it with someone with with another person. Yeah. Where the, like the thing, oh, the wait. thing to the thing that for me though is like this would have been so cool as just its own park. Why did you cram it into this tiny little space in the back of Universal Studios? You know. True. And I know, I know the one in Orlando is going to be a little different because they're actually building a third park to incorporate this. But still, like, I feel like there's no room for expansion for this thing when you cram it into this tiny little area, right? Like, where's mm-hmm. the don- the rumored Donkey Kong roller coaster going to go? Where's your Zelda expansion? Where's your Metroid ride? Where's your Kirby stuff? Like, it just. There, it just looks like you want, you're calling it Super Nintendo World, but all you have is Mario, and there's no room for expansion. None, from what I can see. From the aerial coverage that they've shown, from like schematics and stuff, like they're going to have to demolish some of the other stuff to make it fit. And maybe yeah. they will. I don't know. Like I, I, don't, I don't keep up on Universal the way that I keep up on Disney, right? Because yeah. I, I'm... You know, people have been listening to the show for a long time. I'm a, I'm a homer for Disney, right? Like, that's no secret. But I don't know. It just, it I, just really bothers me. I think I'm fine with, you know, I I, I probably go would go on and look at the pictures, but I'm fine with me looking forward to what's coming to Six Flags. What's the new roller coaster? What? How's the design and everything? How people react? Like I'm fine with doing that, uh-huh. and like the Super Nintendo World thing, I can. I'm excited for it, but I could wait till I feel like it's time for me to go. And if I miss it, I just miss it and everything. Uh, Cordy, your thoughts? Ah, I didn't even know that there was a Super Nintendo World. I do know though that they're trying to close one of the parks in Disney. It's one of the river parks. I can't really remember, but they're changing it to Princess and the Frog. Oh, um, no. Splash Mountain, the water, the the big water ride in the Magic Kingdom. They're closing it to because it's based on Song of the South, 
which is okay. You know, the, so the, they're changing that one to the Princess and the Frog. I uh-huh. just remember that they have the theme of it, but they're like, "Oh, yeah. we're still not happy about this, it." And like, this is actually okay. the last week it's open. Really? Yeah, they're closing it at the end of the week, and uh, um, not that like. So I I have a fondness for Brer Rabbit and Brer Fox and Brer Bear from that ride, mm-hmm. but. I'm also one of the people that it's like I'm okay with this change because a like Song of the South has such a negative connotation for obvious reasons and yeah. uh you know I I really like Princess and the Frog and my daughter loves Tiana and obsessed with it like I think the music would be cool I think that whole theme will be cool mm-hmm. plus if you plus if you ride <laughs> plus if you ride that ride now like the half the animatronics are broken their mouths don't move. <laughs> yeah. like they literally turn off lights and parts of the ride so you can't see the broken animatronics like it's it's time you know it's a mess it's it it is a mess in multiple ways it's a fun ride and i mean the ride track's gonna clearly stay the same but like Mm. man theming it after princess and the frog and having that music and man i hope i hope lewis plays the the uh you know the trumpet through the whole ride like I'm excited. I'm excited for that change. I feel like gonna... once I go into a theme park like Universal or Disney, then I have an opinion. But I've never been to either one of them, so I would. Universal <laughs> is more for people that you know. It's clearly aiming for a specific audience group. Yeah. Right. Like their big things are Jurassic Park and Transformers and. Uh, in terms of Orlando, like Marvel is at Universal because of some contract they signed like 20 years ago before Disney owned Marvel. So Disney can't really use the Avengers or the X-Men in Disney World. But um, so it's it's more like stuff like that for like teenagers and early 20s type audience. Not that they don't have kids stuff there, right? Because they have like yeah. Shrek and stuff. And obviously their big draw is Harry Potter. The Harry Potter land there, right? Mm-hmm. And Orlando is building a third. Again, they're building a third park at Universal to incorporate Nintendo Land, but they're also building a third section of Harry po- the Harry Potter world. Oh, are they really? Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, you know, that's the big draw for Universal has been Harry Potter for a long time. So, and then Disney is obviously, you know, just Disney. Yeah. Yes, yeah. and Star Wars. Oh, that's my goal. Surprised they haven't bought any Marvel stuff there to a Disney World yet. They, I mean, they have the Guardians of the Galaxy ride, but they can't because of the contract they signed with Uni- Marvel signed with Universal. Uh, Anything, any theme park on the East Coast that's within like, I don't know, seventy-five miles or something. It's it's something really stupid. I encourage people to look it up if you want to laugh at a contract. And why Disney World can't use Marvel. Um, but do Disney get paid for it? Uh-uh. No. Even though I mean, it's I'm sure, a I'm sure, I'm sure they like get some licensing sort of... Fee. I'm sure they get some sort of thing, but that money would have gone to Marvel even if Disney didn't buy Marvel anyway. So okay. it's probably whatever the contract had. Um, oh, before but they, they bought them. Disney's allowed to use the cosmic part of Marvel... They aren't allowed to use the Avengers or the X-Men. So I don't hmm. know how that divides up. I don't know if there's some like massive Marvel spreadsheet of like 
which characters fall into which camp, but mm-hmm. you know. But Guardians of the Galaxy is at Disney World, and that ride is so cool. Oh, it's this roller coaster the... where the cars spin throughout the whole ride, but like, yeah, they're like aiming the cars at like what you're supposed to watch through the ride. Oh, it's so cool! So cool. <laughs> it, no, the blue milk is Star Wars. Oh man, blue milk's delicious. I want to go to Disney World again. Me too. Um, I want to go know. for the first time. Team <gasps> retreat. Yes. Woo. What is that? Oh no, the Nintendo team or the Boss Rush team? It's just us. Okay. <laughs> oh, when is that happening? I'm down. I don't know. Oh, dang it. Whenever we get funded and make a lot of money. Yes. Yay. So everybody needs to step it up. Step it up. Gotcha. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm excited. I'll wait to see for the pictures, but yeah, I, I got my six flags that I'm looking forward to. So. Woo. Uh, anyways. All right. <laughs> moving on to our next story. This story is literally in here only for Ed. The source is quite questionable. The <laughs> site he sent me is extra questionable. This comes from a random Reddit user. And the site that that links to is in all Japanese. So I could not verify because spoilers, guys, I don't know Japanese. So with that said, the story's for Ed. Ed wants to talk about this post from a random Reddit user about level five. So I hope you have your salt ready in 2020. Level five, the developer most known for RPGs like Nino Kuni and Yokai Watch decided to focus on making games for their Japanese audiences as part of their restructure. This meant all offices in North America were closed and no more games were to be published outside of their native country. Now a random Reddit user called Dylan XY or Dylan XW3. Sorry. Sorry, Dylan. Uh, seems to have made some sort of discovery stating that level five's website has the following statement quote, with the recent globalization of the game business, we are looking for people recent globalization. Come on, it's been global for about 15 years now. Come on, catch up. Uh, we are looking for people to maximize the business scale as a content holder and actively develop level five's IP not only in Japan, but on a global scale. End quote. Who knows if this is real or not? I cannot read the site as it is in Japanese, but it would be great to get a proper Nino Kuni sequel new Professor Layton entries, or even something like a Rogue Galaxy or Dark Cloud remaster. Man, we were just talking about those games last week. We were just talking about Rogue Galaxy yeah. last and week. And literally, that's why I put the story down when I read it. I'm just like, me and Corey just, like you said, Corey, we just talked about this because like, we want the, we want the Professor Layton games back on Switch. Where yeah. Everybody is waiting to support level 5 here in America. Of course, we didn't get Yokai Watch 4 or anything. Which and is sad, because I, I think people kind of like those games. I know it wasn't as big over here. but Yes. Uh, it was the anime. A lot of people didn't, get, didn't watch, but I think a lot of people didn't know what time and channel that it came on, so it was yeah. very weird. Um, yeah. But we was waiting for Yokai Watch 4 to hit Switch because it looked really good. Yeah, well, and, we were talking about it. We were talking about it coming over here, and then they just said, nah, it's not coming. Just kidding. Yeah. Because the other but, ones were on 3DS, right? Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, a lot of the level 5 stuff that was on Nintendo was on uh, 3DS and DS. Mm-hmm. So, with Nino Kuni, f- by the way. Oh, such a great game. If you haven't played Nino Kuni, it's on sale all the time on Switch. It's like 10 bucks. Like, oh. if you want a heartfelt JRPG that kind of has a Pokemon mechanic, like, oh, man, Nino Kuni 1. Nino Kuni it- 2, yeah. Nino Kuni won though. Wrath of the White Witch. Oh, so good. And de- definitely, if you love Bring your Studio tissues, Ghibli. Yeah, Studio like, Ghibli did the art. Th- so. That's why that, when I I knew that when I found out Level Five was directed, I'm like, oh cool. When I heard Studio Ghibli was in for him, I'm like, oh, I gotta have this day one. <laughs> like yeah. no joke. And because de- also everybody... everybody get ready to fall in love with Drippy. I don't know what yes. his real name was. That's his name, right? Drippy. Like Drippy. The, yeah. Like your first little companion with the little Drippy nose. Yes, yeah. um, people people double dipped on it when it came to Switch, yeah. um, and people who didn't I buy played it on, it on Switch. I didn't play it on PlayStation Three. I played the Switch version. Yeah, everybody, everybody, we bought that game or probably bought that game on uh on Switch because that's when part after part one got announced and then part two came out. People bought two on Switch, um, so it really showcased that people really missed level five. And everything, and of course, we got that mystery. Uh, the professor with that one professor lady gang, um, with his daughter on Switch, and that was like the last one. Uh huh. Um, yeah, and so control the latent legacy, something. Yeah, and so if this is true and they bring their stuff back to the West, definitely with Nintendo fans, they're going to support this. If they do what they did with the Phoenix Wright Phoenix Wright game, like they packaged the first three games on a collection, and they also brought the Japanese games that never came to America, people are going to buy it. They have like what six games for the Professor Lady, and they got the Capcom one, which I gotta uh-huh. see how that will that will find. If even if they just did a six. A six game collection. And well, they could do what they could do. They could do a DS collection, and they could do a 3DS collection. Yeah, I mean that you could literally. It's that simple, right? Because I think the first four games were on DS, and the second two or the last two games were on 3DS, and they were much longer games. So, hmm. yeah, I don't see a you know, man. Professor Layton was so good. Every, if anybody has a 3DS plugged in at your house, please play Professor Layton. Hmm. Man, Miracle Mask was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the what was the the what was it? The mystery box that the uh, gosh, I forget all the names of them. They were so good though. Mir- Miracle Mask, I think, is my favorite one. Yeah, I mean, great animation, great voice acting. Like people would definitely play this. Like in a Rogue, uh, not yeah, Rogue Galaxy. Oh, that's such a great game that people would play. In a dark cloud, people mm-hmm. will, people would. Sony, this is your chance to literally get a dark cloud three on PS five. Yeah, like, I I wouldn't be surprised if they try to do that. Man, dark cloud that first dark cloud game, dark cloud two also was very good, but was good. But dark cloud is it, one of the PlayStation two games that people would recommend. That mm-hmm. that's a game that should be in your library because people yeah. were not playing. It was just like it's that good. It's that level of goodness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I I really do hope this is true because I because level five we are ready to give you them coins. 
if you feel like we didn't give you those coins back in the day, trust me, we got people <laughs> who are ready to give those coins. Because people who, who miss it on the 3DS, and if they can play it on Switch, it's the best It's the best way to play them on the go and at home. Definitely yeah. with family and with kids. Like, their logic puzzles, uh, logic puzzles will make you think and stuff. But it's also the story and the mystery itself. And people love Professor Lady. Like, there's a lot of cosplayer people dressing like him. So, I would love for this to happen. Come yeah. on, level five. Come back to yeah. America. Professor... We're adults now with adult money. We will be spending that money. Mm. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Man. Professor Layton's so good. <sighs> now I want to so. play that game so much. Alright, so our next story. Um, so I'm going to read the little blurb I wrote here. I added a second link. So I originally was reading through Forbes' article about the this whole Ubisoft uh, thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little bit... The Forbes article is a little bit more in-depth, but I think the Game Informer article is a little bit easier to follow. So I'll just read my little excerpt here and then we're going to I'm going to just read the Game Informer article because it is way easier to um, I think it's easier to follow in my just because Forbes has so many freaking ads and pop ups and it's just like, get out of my way. So. um, Here we go. Ubisoft seems to be in some sort of trouble, as many sources have predicted Uh. In a recent article from Paul Tassi, the video game and entertainment beat writer for Forbes, uh, among many others, Ubisoft has started has stated that uh, Mario plus Rabbids has underperformed. They delayed the shipwreck that is known as Skull and Bones yet again. Man, I love that pun. I'm so glad I came up with it. Um, <laughs> and has totally canceled three unannounced projects. Uh, this brings the total number of canceled games up to seven in the last 12 months uh, because they did this last year. They announced that they canceled four unannounced games. Uh, so yeah, Ubisoft is in some sort of trouble. Not, uh, not doing great. So from here, <coughs> sorry, hold on. I got a cough. Oh, is suffering. It's fine. I'm good. Uh, I'm yeah. feeling better. Uh, so I'm going to read Game Informer's article from Wesley LeBlanc. I also encourage you to read the Forbes article um, if you want something a little bit more in-depth. Uh, but I'm going to read the Game Informer article from Wesley LeBlanc. Uh, it says, Ubisoft has canceled three unannounced games and the company has revealed in their latest financial update there's also delayed Skull and Bones, which has already been delayed seven times in the past. It says several, but my count is seven. Uh, the company cites, quote, major challenges as the industry continues to shift towards mega brands and long-lasting titles that can reach players across the globe, across platforms, and business models, end quote. It says that over the last four years, its strategy has been about building, quote, long-lasting live games and adapting our strongest franchises, end quote. Like Assassin's Creed, Far Cry, Tom Clancy games like Ghost Recon, Rainbow Six, and The Division, quote, to converge trends to make them truly global global brands. See, so before I move on to the next section, Assassin's Creed is huge. The Division is huge, and Ghost Recon is huge. So I don't I don't understand why like 
how these games are underperforming or not doing well because I know Ghost Recon Wildlands sold like 30 million units or something ridiculous like mm-hmm. that. The last two Assassin's Creed games are both of them consecutively were the highest selling Assassin's Creed games. Um, and I know Break uh, Ghost Recon Breakpoint had that uh, when it launched, it sold something like 10 million units, but then they like had to redevelop some of the game because it, they tried to turn it into an RPG, which wasn't what people wanted from that. Um, and then I guess like, I don't know, like the division two sold well, but Ed, remember when we were playing it and we were kind of like, man, or at least I was, I was like, man, I really liked the division one. I could really go for some more division. And then I played like 15 hours of the division two. And I was like, I guess I really didn't need more division because it was essentially the same game in a new city. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I guess maybe I wasn't the only one that felt like that. Um, which is nuts. Cause I actually really like the division and I really like Assassin's Creed. I know it's unpopular, but I in the gaming sphere, but I actually really like Assassin's Creed. I think Assassin's Creed Odyssey is like one of the, it's a top 10 game of all time for me. Assassin's, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. It's that Odyssey. good. Really? So, um, all right, I'll get to the next section now. However, the games from this investment phase have yet to be released, while our recent launches have not performed as well as expected. Uh, compounding this effect in the context of worsening uh, macroeconomic conditions, the trends over the holiday season, in particular the last weeks of December and the beginning of January, have been marketably market mark markedly and surprisingly lower than expected I, that word does not look real it looked like i think it's supposed to be marketedly anyways uh this overall context has uh triggered a full review of our revenue prospects leading to increased uh cautiousness over the coming years considering this combined with the significant additional investments that resulted from lockdown and new work Oh, new working patterns that have profound impact on productions across the industry over the last three years. Ubisoft is announcing today a set of measures dedicated to strengthening its long-term growth and value creation prospects. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, Ubisoft is kind of trending in the wrong direction here. Um, there's a couple more paragraphs here. Uh, so I'll just run through those real quick and then we'll get into it because I have I have a lot of thoughts. I wasn't going to add it here because there's not a lot of Ubisoft games end up coming to Switch right now. Yeah. Except for, I mean, Mario and Rabbids and then some old Assassin's Creed games, obviously. But nothing like really new. But I think it's important because Ubisoft has always been one of Nintendo's strongest partners, especially right out of the gate when a new console comes out. Um. So... Let's see, where did I leave off? Uh, It's in those measures that Ubisoft reveals it has canceled, quote, three unannounced projects on top of four already announced projects in July 2022, referring to the cancellation of Ghost Recon Frontline, which was the Battle Royale, the Ghost Recon Battle Royale, Splinter Cell VR, and two more unannounced titles last year. Ubisoft then reveals that Skull and Bones has been delayed a fifth time, although our count is seven. Uh, 
although it technically never received release dates the first two times, it still got delayed out of the years. Right. Um, it was now to be re- released and it is now uh, to be released uh, by early 2023 or 2024. However, players will be able to play it soon, it sounds like, in the game's upcoming beta phase. As for Skull and Bones has been delayed again, Ubisoft says the game needs more polish. Um, quote, the additional time has already paid off and brought impressive improvements to its quality, which has been confirmed by recent playtests. Uh, we believe players will be positively surprised by its evolution. We have de- uh, decided to postpone its release in order to have time to showcase a, uh, a much more polished and balanced experience uh, to and to build awareness. Um Elsewhere in the financial update, Ubisoft notes that it has decreased Q, uh, its Q3 2022-2023 net bookings target from $892 million to about $779 million. The company again cites, quote, the more challenging envir- environment, end quote, noting that big 2022 releases like Mario Plus Rabbids and Just Dance 2023 performed lower than expected. So there's a lot to unpack here. Ubisoft is going to go through a massive restructure in the next couple of years. What I was telling Ed before we started recording, uh, Cordy, um, Ubisoft has 45 studios and employs over 20,000 people. Mm-hmm. Um, Sony's, Sony's PlayStation division, their entire first party outside of Bungie, employs less than 7,000 people. Oh, wow. Um, why you would need 20,000 people across 45 studios across the world. I'm not sure. Um, I know a lot of that is like a lot of those studios are small asset houses that create assets for the, the bigger games. And then the bigger studios obviously make the games. Right. But right. which is, which is kind of like, I think that's probably smarter than to outsource stuff to other studios in some capacity. But, man, I feel like at least two-thirds of these people are about to lose their jobs. Oh, absolutely. Especially if it's that many and they're not really, you know, doing yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mario plus Rabbids and Just Dance underperforming is kind of surprising. Although Just Dance 2023 did, did uh, incorporate a subscription model to the music this year instead of a DLC model which they had done in previous years. So I think a lot of people were kind of turned off by that. And then Mario plus Rabbids. I'm kind of shocked that it underperformed, but then again, I'm not because remember how fast the first game was 20 bucks on Amazon and you could buy a physical copy for 20 bucks. Yeah. It was like, it was like before Christmas, that game was like 20 or 30 bucks half price, which is all Ubisoft games. Right. Those games, those games drop less than seventy dollars three weeks after they come out. Come out, and I, and I think you know you also had like Bayonetta, um, you had God of War, you had a lot of big names happening between October and November. So it's not like people weren't expected to get Mario Rapids real fast. I think it's just it was just a time that people really were deciding definitely with the holiday shopping and everything that people were just making certain choices when they're going to pick these games up mm-hmm. and everything. Um, 
right. Well, I mean, that's why I didn't get the physical copy of Mario Rabbids right away. Is because I was like, well, in the spring, it'll be like 20 bucks, you know? Right. I bought it digitally because I wanted to play it and I needed to play it for our game of the year discussion, right? But like, I don't, I probably wouldn't have bought it right away, even though, even though I love that first one. I just know how you, I've played enough Ubisoft games and bought enough Ubisoft games to know that that game will be 20 bucks in six months. I I, I want to, the thing I would add to this story is that Prince of Persia being delayed. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling that that game is in trouble or it got canceled. No, it, they, they, re, they restarted at Ubisoft Montreal, the same studio that's doing the Splinter mm-hmm. Cell remake. So that's where so you're do you that. Do you think those that you think those two projects are still live and mm-hmm. not canceled? Yeah, because they would have they would have they would have said that right because they said unannounced games. Um, yeah, which I think one I think so. You look at the games Ubisoft has in development now. Uh, they have Avatar: Frontiers of Pandora, which is the game being developed by Massive, uh, which is the division the division studio. You have uh, the Division Homeland, which is being developed by Red Storm, uh, which is the free-to-play Division game, uh, which could be a huge hit for them, I think. You make the Division free-to-play and have seasons and season passes and stuff, I think mm-hmm. that could be huge for them. Um, you have the Splinter Cell remake at Montreal. You have Prince of Persia remake at Montreal. You have Skull and Bones, which the only reason why that game hasn't been canceled, I know a lot of people are wondering why that game has never been canceled, it hasn't been canceled is because it's being developed at Ubisoft Singapore and uh, the Singapore government is involved with that studio and, and has kind of funded that game mm-hmm. and they have to release it under the law of Singapore or they will get oh, wow. heavily fined, heavily taxed. And, uh, you know, I think something in the rules was like they have to create a new IP with this studio in order for Singapore to fund the studio. And that's what they've done. And that's why Skull and Bones has not come out yet. And that's why it hasn't been canceled. Uh, I think the question is, is where's Beyond Good and Evil? I mean, that's, that's also been that's announced. Still, if that's and... also still in development. You know, quote unquote, whatever. And then you have the Mario plus Rabbids DLC that's supposed to come out. And three Assassin's Creed games. That's that's what's in development, you know. Oh, and X Defiant, which is their kind of weird Tom Clancy, not Tom Clancy uh, Battle Royale. Mm-hmm. And then there's a rumor that there's a new Ghost Recon game in development, but that might have been one of the games that got canceled. So uh, for I think For Honor Two was probably canceled. I guess I don't I mean, know how well the first one did, but that that would be something that I, mean, I think Ubisoft would have looked into. I don't think the first one sold like extremely well, but I know that game has a very dedicated fan base. So what about uh, uh, oh um Far Far Cry Seven? Yeah, also might be a game that's in development. That game is on a two year cycle, three year cycle, I think. Yeah. So because yeah, I, I don't think Far Cry Six did well. It it did do well. It sold like fifteen million units. Fifteen, okay. Oh. Yeah, let me. I'm gonna look that up so I don't miss have any misinformation. But I know Far Cry Six did extremely well. I know I, I ended up buying it. I just gotta pop it in, restart it, and play. 
and everything. Um, I, I think definitely with Mario Rabbits, like I said, of course it's like it's all Switch and but like it just had a lot of other games come out, a lot of indies and stuff coming out. So everybody was kind of the the big thing about it is like people were skipping games in October and getting ready for God of War mm-hmm. in November. Like that was the game. Um, outside of Pokemon and Sonic Frontiers, like that was the game that people were waiting for. Um, yeah. And after October, so they people were just like, "I'll skip uh, Mario Rabbits" because people were going to do the God of War games, trying to get prepared for God of War. You know, that's why I kind of feel like, look, Bayonetta three didn't sell that much, but it's so mm-hmm. it's so good for that series being on the Switch. Um. Near Automata, uh, I don't know how those numbers did, uh, just for Switch alone. Um, but that was another big game in October. Like there was and some indie stuff. Like there was a there was just content out there. Yeah, so but Platinum and Square aren't employing twenty thousand people. Well, you know? but yes, Platinum but yes. probably employs like two or three hundred people max, right? But yeah, that is true. But I'm just saying that those games that don't have those same big numbers like a, a 5 million or 15 million kind of number uh, like Ubisoft could do when they're doing multi-platform games Mario and Rabbids shouldn't be like well under the under the perform or anything I'm just like this is a game that's on one console you wouldn't say that if it was on multiple consoles and everything. If it's if something was on multiple consoles and it sold three million, I don't think you would say you would say as much or anything about it. No. So uh I I wouldn't I wouldn't blame Mario. I I guess it's just me. I wouldn't say that Mario Rabbits is part of the blame or anything. Because this is expectations. Not that No, I I know. I I I still think Mario Rabbit sold pretty well, right? But I, yeah. I just I don't know, man. It just I knew it wasn't going to sell because these like don't get me wrong, a lot of people were excited for a sequel, but I think a lot of quote unquote hardcore gamers or people who play a lot of Ubisoft games know how quickly that game's going to go on sale. It's yeah. on sale right now. It's forty dollars digitally, right? Like that happened with the um. With that Kid Icarus looking guy, uh, that Ubisoft did. Um, oh, uh, Immortals, yeah, Immortals. it was twenty bucks after like. It hit what? thirty. It hit thirty bucks in December before Christmas on yeah. all platforms. That's crazy. Yeah. So, you know, it's uh, I don't know. I can't find the sales numbers for Far Cry Six. I know it did well. I just, I don't, I can't find it. So, if you guys think it's that important to see, you guys can look it up. But yeah, I mean, I, I just, I'm telling you, man, there's going to be a massive restructure. Also, there's a rumor that the Guillemot family is going to sell the company, right? Which it has been, it's been rumored for a while, but I think it's closer and closer that they're going to sell and get out. I mean, yeah. they're, I mean, they're, they're, I know that Ubisoft is a publicly traded company, but like they've that company's been family run since the beginning, mm-hmm. and uh, I think they I think they're gonna want to get out. I think Tencent though 
is a front runner to buy them and I don't necessarily think that's going to be a good idea but and this would be the pro- see and this would be crazy so let's just say it's Sony pony up the money this is just a, a hypothetical everybody yeah. Sony pwned up the money to buy Ubisoft I bet you Microsoft is not going to go to go on them as hard as Sony's going on them with Activision yeah. Oh, and no. that's going to, and that's going to cause a big major problem. Because what, then, though, if I was Microsoft, I'd rather have the Ubisoft library games than the Activision, than Activision. library. But but if I but it's just that. like with all those games and all the studios, Microsoft would not pull the mess that Sony would pull off. Yeah. If that was to happen. And if they did, it's going to be a bigger discussion of okay, who's petty? And we us as Nintendo, we're, going, we're just going to be like, "Where's Zelda coming out? I need the strategy guy. Yeah. I need to see the amiibos. Right. Let's do the right. That's all that matters. Like, is where's Zelda? Yeah, Zelda's all that matters. Um, also, like, I'm still, I'm kind of interested in Skull and Bones. I'm not like crazy about the way it looks or whatever, but like a pirate game that's kind of like the Division and Destiny kind of like tickles my fancy a little bit. I hope it turns out okay, but I mean I'm not spending like seventy dollars on it or anything. But yeah. you know I'll just I'll just wait three weeks and it'll be twenty bucks, <laughs> and I'll buy it. Um, that's all the news we have though, everybody. Uh, I hope Ubisoft figures it out because I out of like the quote unquote big third party publishers, I actually really like a lot of Ubisoft games. I think they've done a lot of great work over the last you know two decades or so. Right, Prince of Persia is an amazing game. Uh, Assassin's Creed is one of my favorite franchises. The Division was fun. I really liked uh, Go- uh, Ghost Recon, uh, Future Soldier, which was the one before Wildlands. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I I I really like Ubisoft. I think uh, you know I actually kind of like some of the Far Cry stuff. So, um, just uh. Yeah, I hope Ubisoft finds a way to, to pull through this. And, you know, not that I want anybody to lose their jobs. I think that's terrible. But, like, if you're employing 20,000 people, like, you you got to, like, restructure that, you know. So we'll, right. we'll see. I, I know most of the studios in Canada and North America and Europe are probably safe. It's the exterior ones um, that will probably be mostly shut down. I mean, even if they cut that head count in half, that would save them so much money. Yeah. You know, but, you know, I hope everybody that ends up, I mean, people are going to lose their jobs, but I hope everybody that does lose lose their job finds, you know, we have a visitor, uh, finds their footing and finds something new. So. Well, everybody, it's time for Pack Watch. We got some hot game releases to come uh, for Switch. Um, Courtney, Courtney, can you read Patch Watch this week? Heck yeah, I can. Give me one second. Yes, because my my voice hurts. <laughs> yeah, really y'all bad. look like y'all are suffering. So my my body hurts. That's not good. Let's see, Pack Watch. <clears throat> <clears throat> January 19th, Persona 3 Portable Experience, the iconic, critically acclaimed 
RPG that reinvented the Persona series. Persona 3 Portal, Portable? Portable. Now newly remastered and remodeled platform shortly after transferring to... Gekko Khan. Thank you. High school. <laughs> uh, the Prodigious encounters the Dark Hour. Unfamiliar uh, stillnesses swallowing the city. People turn into eerie coffins. Ooh. And otherworldly monsters called shadow swarms. Swarms? Swarms. When they are attacked by one of these shadows and all hope seems lost. The power of the heart, their persona, is awakened with the newly found power. They pursue the truth of the dark hour and face the destiny that awaits them. Yeah! Face wah, wah, the wah. destiny. Yes. Yeah. Fancy. Yeah. yeah. There's also another one that's coming out. Okay. Keep January. going? Okay. Keep yeah. going. All right. So... Uh, Persona 4 Golden, the world reowned Persona 4 Golden promises un- unforgettable, unforgettable adventures, meaningful bonds, and heartwarming experiences shared together with friends. Aww. They say your soulmate will appear if you stare into the television on a rainy night. The strange rumor slowly spreads through the rural town of Inaba. Inaba. Anaba, thank you. The prodigist's new protagonist. Home, protagonist's new home. <laughs> Just as a chain of mysterious murders begin, as the protagonist and his mm-hmm. teammates chase after the truth, they find themselves opening world doors to another world. And we got one major game. I know. I'm excited about this weekend. one. Oh, so on gosh, the twentieth. It is Fire Emblem engaged in a war against the fell giant dragon? Dragon, yes. <laughs> Four kingdoms work together with heroes from the worlds to seal away this great evil. 1,000 years later, this seal has weakened and the fell dragon is about to reawaken as a divine dragon uses rich strategies and robust customizations to meet your destiny to collect emerald rings and bring peace back to the content of Eloise summons valent heroes okay like Marth and Celica with the power of the fire emblem rings and add their power to yours in this brand new fire emblem story uh, aside from the emerging appearances, engaging lets you inherit weapon skills and more from these battles tested legends. <laughs> the turn-based tactical battle system returns with a fresh cast of characters. You can customize and engage carefully crafting your strategies. I buy all three. I am going to the Fire Emblem. Fire Emblem's going to be awesome. Yeah. Also, I think it's worth noting that a Persona 3 and Persona 4 Golden are 20 bucks a piece. Um, so, I mean, you know, I, I'm just throwing that out there. Persona 4 Golden is often considered one of the best JRPGs of all time. 
And now that they're 20 bucks on Switch, I will probably be playing one of them. Although Fire Emblem comes first for me. Yes. So. And um, to Martin Drew at uh, Radon Bugling, he asked a question for uh, who is the best engaged character and why is it Tamira? We're no. not gonna answer it. We're not gonna answer it this week. We're gonna answer it next week because I'm gonna try to get Grayson uh, on the show and uh, have this this uh, discussion. Uh, we're gonna give give it time to play Fire Emblem uh, Engage and find out who is the best character. No, um, the correct answer is Lucina. I will also Marth. accept Celica, and uh, I will also accept Byleth. So we. We nope. are going to wait. Those are all we acceptable are, answers. We are going to wait. Hold your answers, Corey. We're going to wait till the game comes out and play them because we might find some new people that we fall in love with. So yeah. we're going to hold on to that question until we all have played it or got familiar with the game, and then mm-hmm. we will answer that question. I'm I'm telling you, this game, it went from, like, I'm very skeptical, skeptical about this game to it's it's gonna it dude, this game's gonna be what do the ki- kids say they say lit af <laughs> yep yes so i'm gonna be uh, flossing all the way down the driveway oh my God. to my car to go get it see it so make sure you pre-order it before it comes release so you get all the extra cool stuff when you pre-order it please, yeah i didn't get sh- i didn't get the expensive edition i wanted to but i can't find it nowhere I couldn't. I couldn't order it nowhere. Yeah. Well, Nintendo's supposed to be re- having a new batch the day it comes out. So, but yeah, I'm not. I'm not gonna get it. I. I'm done with collector's editions. They're just too expensive, and the stuff that they come with is too crappy. And I can get third party stuff way. That's way cooler than stuff like this. So, anyways. Well, Corey, we have Game Fact Advance. We do. Um, yeah, so this week's Game Fact Advance, uh, it's a, it's short and sweet, but very important to the hobby we all love. Uh, on January 15th, 1968, German-American engineer Ralph Baer, known to many as the godfather of video games, began his road to that title by applying for a patent for his invention of the, quote, television video game system. He went on to create what became the Magnavox Odyssey, and the rest is, well, history. We owe a lot to this man for creating the hobby that we all love today. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, Ralph Baer, rest in peace. Um, he passed away, what, five years ago, six years ago at this point? Yeah. Oh, wow. So, uh, 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 yeah. Yeah, and also, everybody, it has been six years since the first trailer of Breath of the Wild came out. That's so, not uh, oh gosh, no! He died nine years ago, December oh. December six, two thousand fourteen. Oh. Time, time, man, time does Ooh. not work the way it needs to. It doesn't. Exactly. Well, everybody, we have question block, and our first question goes to uh, image. Well, it comes from let's just say image Norris via Discord. Having hit Pokemon one thousand, are they starting to run out of creative ideas? Yeah. Um, yes, so because they made a sack of trash and an ice cream cone and a chandelier. <laughs> they have lost I think, 
I think no. I think they still got time to make a hundred plus new Pokemon. Oh gosh, that's so uh, And designs. Uh, Garbodor is like to me. Garbodor is the representation of of wars for gays that are. Didn't they make? Uh, didn't they make Christian the Pokemon Christ. that is so ugly that he wears a sack of the Pokemon that he wants to be? Yeah, uh, the uh, Pikachu. Yeah. Oh no, is it Pikachu? I mean, it's, he, it's a the, Pikachu version of him. Yeah. Yeah the, yeah, the main version that they show, he's a Pikachu. But I thought he could wear other masks as well. Maybe he not, probably can. Anyway, so uh, any uh, Courtney, any thoughts on this question? Uh, yeah, no, I I know that they they've given up. Maybe they should they stop have. creating new monsters and create a game that works. Or they just this evolve is... the other animals they have. Give them I know a that. Course. I know that artists are different from engineers, but and I know that joke was not necessary, but it was necessary. Fix your game. Uh, some of the Fire Emblem uh, character designers based on the new Pokemon. I know, I saw that. So, well, our next question comes from Seamus the Kilted Gamer via Discord. How much of the sky and underground will we actually be able to explore in Tears of the Kingdom? All of it. <laughs> Cordy? Uh, I'm going to go through it beginning to end, like just straight shot it so I at least know the story and then I'll go back and do all the extra unlocks and all the other fun stuff. I feel like we're going to be covering a lot of the sky. And like, I think the undergrounds are going to be like kind of the, the new shrines in a mm. sense. I really think that this game is going to be close to 300 hours to do everything. Well, I spent 240 oh, yeah. in Breath of the Wild. So, so it'll be six. Yeah. I man, I'm so excited for this game. I mean, I I I don't know what I'm gonna do outside of this game for like three months. I seriously don't know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna have to cancel shows. I'm gonna have to cancel life. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to <laughs> apply for unemployment. I don't know. I, 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 I can see I, it. All I know is we must do a direct recap when we play this game. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I look, mean, I, it, I should say. I think um, I think this game is going to be incredibly important, um, not only for the future, not only for the Switch, but like for the future of Zelda, right? Like I, I know mm -hmm. a lot of people really love Breath of the Wild, but like I think a lot of the uh, exciting things about Breath of the Wild is we didn't know what to expect, right? Yeah. And now we kind of know what to expect, even though we don't know a lot about Tears of the Kingdom. I was talking to Stephanie about this a little bit, actually. Uh, like, we don't we know what to expect from from a gameplay perspective, right? Like the exploration and yes, uh, you know, obviously all the mechanics and stuff. Yeah, there's a few new powers that we get, but like, the only thing we really don't know is the world we're exploring, you know. So is that mm -hmm. going to take some of the magic away? Is that going to take... I mean, for me, probably not. You know, I, I think that this direction for Zelda is the best direction they could have gone. Uh, but it does worry me about, like, do we get 
traditional Zelda temples back? Like, is the sky stuff going to be, is it going to be more linear because of the sky stuff or the underground stuff? Um, how does time travel play a role in this? You know, there's, there's a lot of different aspects that we don't know that could alter the way we explore the world too. So, um, my opinion is, as I think the sky stuff is going to actually be kind of a smaller area, you know, I think when you look at the sky stuff, it's not going to be like, Oh, well the sky is like, just like it. If you think of it as like a building, right. Where like Hyrule is like the, the first floor, the underground is the basement and the top is, is just like the top floor of a building. Right. It's, I don't think it's going to be like yeah. that. I think it's, I think the sky stuff's going to be limited. I think it's just going to be about as big as an area that you would explore in breath of the wild proper. Right. Where like, Oh, well I'm going to go to the Zora domain. And you know, I think maybe the sky stuff will be about like an area you're going to go explore. Mm -hmm. um, right. It'll have its own shrines. It'll have its own temple or dungeon or whatever. You're going to explore there and get, probably get cool stuff like armor and weapons and stuff from there. But like, I don't, I actually think the sky stuff might be pretty limited, to be honest. Well, we'll see. We I mean, I think I think you're going to be able to go there at any point, right? Like, and just keep going there. But in terms of like what you do there, like I, I think it's actually going to be kind of limited. Yeah, we we got four months to get there. Well, I know three months in a sense. I know. Um, Shay via Discord asks, what creative new ways could Nintendo be using the Zelda Amiibo for it, uh, the Zelda Amiibo in Tears of the Kingdom? I don't think they are. I think it's going to work exactly like the Breath of the Wild. I think, although, if you can't use Wolf Link in this game, already worse than Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Wolf Link was awesome. Have just scanning it in and having a companion to run around with for a while, mm -hmm. so good. Although I do think, I do think there's going to be crafting in this game. I think you're going to be able to craft weapons to be stronger. I think all the weapons are still going to be breakable, unfortunately, but I think you're going to be able to craft stuff uh, because they played around with it with the fairies, right? Um, yeah. And I think I think they're going to add crafting materials for for this. Um. So. Um, I really don't know. I don't know what creative new ways that Nintendo could, even though they delayed it, uh, to now. Um, I don't know if Numa of them were thinking of the Amiibo functionality. So, I, at this point in time, Shane, I cannot give you a definitive answer. I, I was, I would just say, I will wait to see a new Nintendo Direct if they do a breakdown of it and the only thing I could say is just like gotta see what they do what happens in the sky maybe there are some amiibo that's catered to the sky I don't know I so. think what would be really cool is if so like you know all the other amiibos besides just Link they have like the Animal Crossing ones um, Mario's like, just all of them. It would be funny to do, like, an unlock mode to where you uh, could play as those characters in Zelda. My, my dream was to actually play in Zelda and actually, like, you could swap between Link and Zelda and have different powers that did yeah. different things. And, like, kind of like a adult Link, child Link kind of thing from Ocarina 
where like Zelda would have these special powers that unlock certain puzzles and you would have to use her in specific situations. And, you know, maybe like 80% of the game you could play as either one and be just fine. But like some of the puzzles you would have to use Zelda to use her powers and then Link to use his powers. And I think that would have been a really cool thing. And like Zelda just follows you. Oh my gosh, yeah. if Zelda could just like follow you and use her powers and then you could scan Wolf Link Ami- Amiibo in and they just followed you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That'd be, be cool. So, I'd be so excited. Anyways, well, I, uh, I can't get too excited though because you know that's not happening. No. We're just so going to play as Link. We're already crushing our souls. I know. We're just going to play as Link. We're going to play as Creepy Arm Link. We're going to play as Long Haired uh, Point Break Link. And then... You know, <laughs> long hair point blank. I can't with you, Corey. <laughs> point, point break, you, you know, point break, the movie yes, point break with Keanu Reeves. Yes, yes, that's yeah. I can with you. I am an FBI agent. <laughs> Just saying, if you haven't seen point break, they remade it. Don't watch the remake, watch the original. <laughs> remake was fine, wasn't bad. Yeah, but it's not the original, you know. I haven't seen the original. Oh man, you should watch the original. I haven't watched either, so. <laughs> All right. Well, we have a question from David Way via Discord. Is the Switch the best RPG machine in gaming history? From indies to ports and everything in between, I can't think of a larger pool to choose from and their quality, too. The PC. Nope. Um, I don't, I don't know. I, I so, think... Go ahead, Ed. You're probably the more question, to answer this than I am. The question would have been, is PS2 or Switch? Oh. I would have argued PS1. I would have said PS1 over PS2. I would say Switch. Mm. I think, and, and I think it's because you have uh, RPGs from Nintendo. Um, the Super Nintendo. The Sega Genesis. Um, you got indies. Uh, you have, you know, we got like Earthbound and uh, Earthbound Beginnings. On Overrated. There. Uh, you got Collection of Mana on there, Trials of Mana. Even though you got like the two D sprite games, Dragon Quest One, Two, and Three. Um, you got the Final Fantasy games. Even though the Pixel Remasters is coming to everything else and stuff, you know. We got so many people saying, I would love to see this game in this HD Master. You got Live Alive, a game that never came out to America, mm-hmm. you know, on Switch. So I, I kind of think, of course, you got Skyrim, but even though you don't have a lot of the West JRPG, I mean, West RPGs, you have a lot of the JRPGs coming out on Switch, and they're hitting various communities. They're getting people get into it. You got the farm community um, who wants to get into it. You know, the sim community. Um, you got uh, indies who are, I, I would say, like... Uh, that's expired by like um like a bug's tail i think that's the name of it that's has that paper mario inspiration and everything you know you you got so many different jrpgs and traditional rpgs and action and simulated ones that i feel like switch has hit so many different areas like look we all happy with that sea of stars is coming to switch yeah. like we got 
Shane Echoes that dropped uh, and, and everything. You know, we wanted the Pixel Remaster of Final Fantasy and the depression that people fell through and upset when that game only got announced for uh, iOS and uh, Android. Yeah, well, I mean, for the Pixel Remasters, though, I mean, assuming that every console is going to be backwards compatible for the rest of time, mm-hmm. right? Because if it's not, then you really mess up your next console. Uh, they really only have one chance at marketing these things. They only have one more chance, right? Yes. And so you got to space it out to hit all of your marketing beats, I think. Because I think, I think at some point there will be one more marketing beat where these games all come out on Xbox at some point. You know, and that'll be the that'll literally be the last time they can ever market these games unless they come out with some extreme anniversary collector's edition, right? So, mm-hmm. and and then you got, well, yeah, you got you know Fire Emblem, Monster Hunter, and stuff. Like you get, you got so many RPGs that's designed on Switch from different companies. I I feel like Switch is just hidden with goodness of jrpgs and just rpgs in general mm-hmm. over the ps2 like i, well, I, 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 would, my PlayStation I, 2. I wouldn't okay. i would say the ps2 is one of not anywhere close to one of the best jrpg machines well, at, at I, would the time said, when, I would have said super nintendo and ps1 before i said ps2 well i think ps2 had because of like final fantasy 10 and 12 right but, and right, but i think traditionally people think that 7 8 9 are better than 10 and 12 mm-hmm. i think people traditionally think 4 and 6 are better than 10 and 12 right and plus super nintendo has chrono trigger and mana and all of those classic square games right like yeah and I... ps1 has like all the the enix games like uh valkyrie profile and uh what dragon what warrior at the time seven and so i yes. I, I just that's my thought i mean yeah the switch i think the switch out of sheer variety that it offers now yeah clearly i think it's the best because it offers all those classic experiences updated and you know they're just available to you now right plus you get all the yeah. new stuff and remastered stuff and whatever but um if you're going just straight up new games I don't. I don't think the Switch is better than the PS One or the Super Nintendo. I don't think Octopath Traveler is better than Chrono Trigger or something like that, right? Which I know, I know David really loves Octopath Traveler. Um, I know a couple months ago, maybe over the summer, he wrote in and said that it was his favorite game on the Switch, which was like, "Did you play Zelda?" Uh, sorry, David. Uh, no, I, we love you. I was just, I was just messing with you, but uh, you know, he really loves that game and. I'm I'm happy that he does. I'm just I just am saying like from a generalized video game history perspective of new games, new RPGs on the Switch versus games on the Super Nintendo and PS1. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Switch really stands up to it yet. I I might have to disagree. You could uh, disagree. And I and I think it's okay because be of wrong. my I think it's because of my history with RPGs on I've seen that. <laughs> I think it's oh, my I'm history. It. I think it's my history with 
a lot of consoles in RPGs. And I feel like Switch kind of has so many more to go down the list, like a name, then Super Nintendo and PlayStation 1. Don't get me wrong. I think the JRPGs or RPGs on Super Nintendo are phenomenal. Game-changing for history. Same with uh, uh, PlayStation. Game-changing. But I think there's so many that that's on Switch that could hold us on. You know, come on. Mm-hmm. We're not going to play around with Fire Emblem Three Hope, Three Houses. Yeah. Like, like I, I love Fire Emblem Awakening. I love Faith. I love the Fire Emblem. But how many people were on Three Hopes and still playing that game today? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Three Houses is amazing. I actually thought about replaying it over the break, but I didn't because, well, I didn't. Right. And then <laughs> Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Like, yes, yeah, I forgot about the Xenoblade Chronicles 2 and 3. You know, I trust me. There's a lot, <laughs> a lot of hotness, a lot of heat on Switch than on the other consoles. Man, Nintendo has has so much variety, like in terms Mm -hmm. of first part. If you're just looking at first party alone on the Switch, I like just naming off these RPGs and stuff. Like, I forgot. I mean, they have they have platformers, they have strategy RPGs, they have action RPGs, they have JRPGs, they have kart racers, they have. I mean, look how great Metroid Dread did. They have 2D Metroid games. They have. I mean, Zelda, right? You have your top-down Zelda, you have your 3D Zelda, and you have your traditional 3D Zelda with Skyward Sword. Uh, You know, gosh, just like the whole... Bayonetta and Mario plus Rabbids. Like, man, there's so much variety in terms of first-party stuff. It's crazy. I love Paper Mario. That's on Switch that they did. The Origami King. People may laugh at it. Luigi's Mansion. Oh, Luigi's Mansion 3 is so good. It is. So, um, well, we're going to get into the last question. Uh, Did you have any thoughts on that question, uh, Cordy? All I said was PC. Ah. She's got us there. You can pretty much play anything there. You you could have played that since you were a baby in diapers. Like I'm PC all the way. Switch. Not me. I didn't have a computer until I was like fourteen. So I was like eight. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! My, was first, uh, my first computer town. was one that my parents brought home. It was black, white, yellow, pink, and cyan were the five colors. And it was like it was a DOS machine, and you had to type in like all these codes to get the pro to get the operating system to start running and then all the games came on like these big huge floppy disks and oh, you had to gosh. stick them in and i had i didn't even have internet until like 1999 <laughs> it was like oh my gosh man ed remember a time when the internet didn't exist yes that was the worst oh i mean the internet's <laughs> terrible but like that was the worst we actually had to go to the library we actually had to call people on on pay phones and my cousin and I shared a cell phone in, until I was a senior in high school. Like, oh wow! And the only thing on my, the only game on my phone was Snake. Hey, Snake is a good game. Oh. Then everybody had those calculators that could play games on them, like the TI eighty three plus or whatever. I was so excited. <laughs> somebody put somebody put Tetris on my calculator. 
I had Oregon Trail and the other Evergays. Like I, I yeah. had those math gays in yeah. in elementary. Yeah, maybe speaking teachers typing. My grandma, uh, she had a computer, and the only game that I could play, two games that I could play on it, Tetris and Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> My grandma had the computer I played with, but she had a CD or CD-ROM or whatever it's called, and it had like the Little Mermaid on it, mm-hmm. and you could pick like all your princesses and you can color them. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I remember moving, and then our actual computer. Uh, Toontown came out. That was that was my first mm, opened world game. <laughs> we we had floppy disk and a little hard disk. Yeah, but floppy disk is what we had for ours. No, the only um, game that matters on PC is Roller Coaster Tycoon. Ah, uh, yes, such, such a good game. Nope, Roller Coaster Tycoon. World of Warcraft was big when I that game came that. out. Well, uh, I remember that game. the only one that matters. I remember that used to be the Friday game that people in the PC era online used to play because they would like have parties, do land parties, or oh, they yeah. would uh, get a whole bunch of pizza and just grind and have fun with so that. Good right now. Yep. So, By the way, whatever. the rumor that World of Warcraft is coming to Xbox when Xbox finally acquires Activision Blizzard. Oh, snap. Uh, we'll see. Man, I feel like that game is too old to be bringing the Game Pass at this point. <laughs> you know? Not this old to bring to the Game Pass. That's what I'm saying. Like they... you already have two other RPGs and Elder Scrolls and Fallout. Like that's all I'm saying. Well, everybody, we're gonna get into our last question. Uh, Deshaun Malone via Twitter asks, "When will Nintendo have their next direct? What do you expect in it?" We just did this talk for our pre-show in a sense. And uh, we're going to save this question too because this is going to be kind of for our expansion pass. But to give people a heads up, uh, I told Corey that I think it's going to be February 15th because it's a Wednesday. Yeah, well, traditionally, it's always the second week of full week of February, traditionally. Um, Let me... Uh, I mean, I want to look up the, the Nintendo Directs, uh, the dates of these things. So there are, so we're going to start 2022, uh, February 9th, 2021, uh, February 17th, um, 2020, was uh the Animal Crossing direct was on February twentieth. Um in twenty nineteen there was a Nintendo Direct on February thirteenth and a Pokemon Direct on February twenty seventh. In twenty eighteen there was a direct uh wait, what did I say? Twenty eighteen? Mm-hmm. There was a mini direct on one eleven and a proper direct on three eight, so they skipped February in twenty eighteen. But every year since twenty nineteen, there's been one the second week of February. So you know that's kind of the week we're circling. Who knows? It might be earlier. It might be later. I'm surprised they haven't dropped like a Fire Emblem specific direct yet. Yeah, but, I mean they're not going to at this point. It's three days away. Yeah. Um. 
Corey, one game that we forgot to mention when in our pre uh, pre discussion was Pikmin Four. Yeah, Ooh. that might be. I think that's going to be the June game. Okay. I think I think Advance Wars is going to be the April game, mm-hmm. and Pikmin Four is going to be the June game. And I think, I think that we're... I think that that's your lineup for the first six months you got because Nintendo will have a first party game every month, right? They'll have yeah January they'll have. They'll have Fire Emblem, February, Kirby, March, uh, Bayonetta, Origins. April would be Advance Wars. May would be Zelda. And then June would be Pikmin. Yeah, I, I think in this direct, we'll have, we'll see more of Pikmin. Right? Yeah. Or something. And of course, we'll probably, we'll definitely have some more talk on the Super Mario movie. So. Yeah, I'm, so how are we going to do that? Are we going to do some sort of discussion on that? Because. I don't know if I really want to pay to see that movie, but I think we should probably do it in the so theme of this show. I, I know that people gonna... are doing the Last of Us show for Boss Rush podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing it because I don't care about the Last of Us. But uh, I don't know. I feel like maybe the Mario movie. Maybe I'll take my nephews to go see it. So I think the plan is uh, people will go see it. We're going to wait a week after it comes out. Yeah. And then have a discussion. It's, it may be like a duck, a doc mode kind of discussion. Yeah, we want to give people a chance to watch it, right? So yeah, yes. So we don't ruin it or throw out spoilers. Yeah. Yes. Because uh, I'm hoping to go see uh, um, Lamont that yeah. weekend, and we go see. Him, so yeah. Okay. So. But with that, everybody. Um, that's gonna be it for Nintendo Power Block. Yay! Uh, uh, that's gonna be a wrap, you guys. Uh, thank you for the support, for the love. We are getting close to the end of the month, so there's gonna be some great games. We are gonna be talking about uh, Fire Emblem uh, Engage. Um, if we don't get to it to next episode, we're gonna uh, wait a week. Oh, I'm talking about it, it next week. You're not going to stop me from talking about it next week. I mean, we'll talk about it, but I think we will have like a deep dive and stuff because uh, we do want to get Grayson evolved. Um, apparently, he was he's not he wasn't able to make uh, a couple of episodes this month, um, but hopefully, uh, we'll be able to see him when he gets back. Well, he's going to be too busy and, uh, writing the guide for me. So, is he writing the guide for? I Fire? don't know. I... Look, he's the lead guides writer. He needs to write the guide so I can follow it. Don't pull Zelda <laughs> Dungeon either, okay? Look, I, I'm i still mad about the Zelda Dungeon guide I was following for Link's Awakening. But, I'm look, Grayson, you don't want to be on my bad side when you're writing a guide, okay? <laughs> I'm just saying, the Link's Awakening one, the instructions were not for the Switch version. The screenshots were for the Switch version. The instructions, not for the Switch version. So, just saying. We'll, we'll, send, you, we'll send you some Chicago hot dogs. Chicago style hot dogs. No, I want pizza, man. I don't want hot dogs. I want pizza. Although, the Chicago pizza is not real pizza. So, you want that New York pizza? I, I would, but you're not going to buy me New York pizza. I'll settle for Domino's. Anyone would settle for Domino's. Oh my gosh, dude. I have a Domino's gift card. I have a $25 gift card. Domino's behind me in a bucket. Uh, 
get it. Get look, it. Look at us just chillaxing during this episode when it should be over. Chillaxing. It's fine. I don't want it to be over. I do though, because I feel I'm I'm as soon as we hang up this call, I am crashing on the couch. Like no joke. <laughs> and with that, everybody, have a great week. Have a great weekend. And we'll see you next time on Nintendo Power Block. Um, just to let everybody know that uh, the Microsoft Developer Direct, even though that's not part of Nintendo, um, we are going to be watching it. Well, we'll uh, talk about we... Mi- Minecraft is coming to Switch, so we can talk about Minecraft. Ooh. Yes. Um, so we'll probably dive into that uh, maybe some t- sometime after it shows. But I'm excited for it um, to watch it. Um, it's their developers direct. This is what Microsoft is calling it. And hopefully we see more of it uh, and everything. Um, also, yeah. there's a rumor set of play for Sony. Um, so it's going to be a big year kind of for these directs to see what is up and coming. And, you know, how these up and coming uh, showcases, they how they may affect the Nintendo. That's a discussion to have. So if we don't have it on Power Block, we might end up having an all expression with that, everybody, have a great week. Have a great weekend. And we'll see you next time on Nintendo Power Block. Bye, everybody. Nintendo Power Block is a product of Boss Rush Media, LLC, and is recorded from our headquarters in Akron, Ohio. The show is hosted by me, Edward Varnell. My co-hosts are Corey Derrick and Cordy Yikes. You can find Corey at IamCoreyNHD on Twitter and Instagram, as well as hosting the Boss Rush Podcast and Tower Casuals, the Destiny Podcast. You can find Cordy at Cordy underscore Dice on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. You can find me at that Richard Cole on Twitter and Instagram. Follow Nintendo Power Block on all social media platforms at Power Block Podcast. You can also follow Boss Media and Boss Network on all major social media platforms. Join the Boss Network, Discord, and Facebook groups to interact with other friends and fans. Visit BossRush.net for more great content and Patreon.com slash BossRushMedia to learn how you can support this show. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.